You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Good morning. I'm so honored to be up here this morning. And my husband switched out. You saw him switching these stools out. The Lord told me in worship, he said, I just want you to rest. And I just want you to sit because you're a mom. So I'm going to take that. So he was switching out stools. He's so good to me. Husbands, if you're in the room, you're so good to your wives. Thank you for all that you do, all that you do for us. Go into the grocery store, uh, listening to us talk about things probably 50 million times just to get feedback from you or just for you to listen. Sometimes I just need him to listen and not fix. We teach that in our marriage courses. Like, sometimes I just need to vent. Thank you for allowing us to vent sometimes and just being there for us and loving us where we are. So I just want to honor you today. I'm thankful for marriage. I'm thankful for husbands because iron sharpens iron and we need each other. Amen? Amen. So when I was preparing for this, uh, the Lord said, I want you to look up memes. I said, what in the world do you mean by that? I'm like, I don't even know what a meme is. I mean, I, maybe I've seen one, but I, I don't really do a lot of media, so I had to look it up. And I began to look at some memes, and some of you who are mothering have lots of little ones. Some of you have middle schoolers. I pray for you. Some of you have high schoolers, and they're going off to college right now in this season, and it's a tough season for you. Yeah, anybody going through that season right now? Their kids are going off to college. I know that that, whoo, I can't even think about that. It makes me want to cry just thinking about it. And some of you have kids in college that you are praying daily for them, that God would keep them and guard them and protect them. Some of you are grandmas that are raising your grandchildren. Some of you have seen God's faithfulness in your whole entire life, and you're just loving that you are walking in the fulfillment of God's promises to you. So we're all in different areas of our mothering. And some of you are not a physical birth mother, but you're mothering people around you. And I'm so thankful for you because as a foster parent, when people come alongside me and help me mother one of my kids, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the young single girls who help me watch my children. Amen. I'm so thankful for all of people who are in stages of mothering, whether it's physical mothering, spiritual mothering, whatever it looks like. I'm so thankful. So as I was researching, I was very disturbed by the memes that I found. And I heard the Lord say, I want you to take some of those memes and I want you to recreate them the way that I want them to be seen. So a few funny ones. We'll put up the first one. Moms are like, thank you, Lord, it's bedtime. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for bedtime. Go ahead with the next slide. When my kids follow me into my room after the sixth time, I put them to bed. That happens to me all the time. Next meme. When you're on one, a budget, so you start cutting your kids' hair. Next one. This is me shopping at Target without my kids. Hallelujah. Next slide. When you're a stay-at-home mom and daddy finally walks through that door. Christian parents be like, date my daughter. Of course, what time will you pick us up? 
and I'm having a hard time reading that, when your kids are all losing their minds at the same time, and you got to connect with Jesus so you don't do anything stupid. Now, I want you to look at this one. This really, like, perturbed me a little bit. It says, that awful moment when you realize this is your circus and those are your monkeys. And, you know, I had four little ones, four and under at one season of time, but I had been believing God for children. And so it was a circus around our house. But I remember the Lord getting a hold of me and reminding me of the joy of motherhood, of what I had longed for for so long. And I think sometimes in life we just get so busy, it gets crazy, we get bombarded with the world, we get bombarded with things that happen in life, and we forget the joy of the Lord that is our strength, that there is such a gift to mother. And so today, I just hope that what God has put in me to release, that it will restore your joy, that it will bring back the moments of times and memories that you've had, that you will hold on to and remember what God has brought you out of, what he's brought you into, and what he's going to continue to push you into. So can we pray really quick? Will you just lift out your hands with me today and say, Lord, thank you for speaking to me today. Open my eyes, open my ears, open my mind, open my heart to receive all that's from you today. And I just release anything that's not of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So that can you go back to that slide really quick? I want to reread that again. The awful moment when you realize this is your circus and those are your monkeys. And so you can go to the wording. The wonderful, here's how I want to rewrite it. The wonderful moment. That's okay. I have it in here anyway. There we go. The wonderful moment you remember that children are God's love gift. They're heaven's generous reward. Children born to a young couple will one day rise to protect and provide for their parents. Happy will be the couple. Everybody say happy. Will be the couple who has many of them. A household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory when you face your enemies. For your offspring will have influence and honor to prevail on your behalf. If you don't know that, yes, we can clap. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know that scripture, Psalm 127, get a hold of that. Make that a declaration wherever you need to write that down to remember when you're triggered, when something's happening. God, I thank you that my children are your love gift. They are generous, a reward from heaven. And you begin to declare that over your life. It becomes a reality to you in those moments where fight or flight, you just, you, the can wants to lift and you just want to jump off the hill. Whatever you're doing in that moment, you get a hold of what God says. All right. The next meme. You look tired. When someone tells me this as mom, I just want to go off on them. No offense, but I am tired. It's tiring mothering, right? Anybody else tired? Yes, it's tiring. I have kids. I'm pretty sure this is just my face now. That's terrible to say. I don't want that to be my confession. So the next slide for me. You look tired. Yes, I'm very busy with my children. 
I need to take some time to rest, to be ready to pour into my kids. So when someone says that, don't agree with them by a negative comment because the world is going to tell us how to train our children. The world is going to tell you how bad of a mom you are. Even just this week, I got attacked. My husband and I got attacked for not doing a good job being foster parents. If you can believe that. I was so confused by it. And then the insecurity in me began to feel like, oh, I'm just not good enough as a parent. See what happens when we take a hold of what other people says. It becomes part of what we think, and part of what we think is part of what we say, and part of what we say is what we believe. And I had to get a hold of myself. But all it was was such a misunderstanding on CASA and social workers' part. And here I was caught in the middle of it all. But I could have taken the lie that the enemy wanted me to believe that I wasn't good enough for what the world standards were of being a foster parent. And I know a lot of us as moms, we see Pinterest, all these pins of the best birthday parties. And we're like, we have to add up. Or we get on Facebook and this mom's sending her to this school. And I don't have enough money to send to that school. But I'll sacrifice all these things because that's the best school. Let me give you some relief. God's way is so much better. There is no pressure when it comes to God. God is not pressuring you to do anything. He loves you, and he's seeing you right where you are in your mothering, and he's saying, good job. Keep going. It doesn't matter what the world's saying. It doesn't matter what your best friend's saying. It doesn't matter your mom's saying. I mean, I love mom, but you know what? The ultimate voice is the Lord's voice and what he wants, because he has the best way. He really does. He has the best way. Next slide. Oh, I'm sorry. Can I read that again? Go back one. Sorry. Mark 631, it says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. We just need to take a little rest. Whatever that looks like in your life, it might be 10 minutes. It might be a half a day off of mothering just to get some alone time. And you say, Faith, I'm working a full-time job. I'm a single parent. What does that look like? I don't know what that looks like for you, but maybe it's getting a babysitter for an hour just for you to go and get alone time with the Lord. Maybe you don't have the money, so maybe you can call in a friend that has other kids that it's a win-win. The kids all play together. But if you're struggling and need some help, come see me. I'll help you because it's really important that we get alone with the Lord and spend time with him and get recharged and get rest. Amen? Yes. Next slide. I love this one. Parenting. If you feel crazy, then you're doing it right. That is so wrong. I mean, I love her face because I feel like that sometimes. But if you feel crazy, then you're doing it right. Wow. Let's go to the next slide. I would beg to differ to say parenting. If you feel crazy, ask the Lord for self-control. You know? Because, man, your, your lid gets flipped, and you act out of emotion. And, of course, I am going to act crazy if I act like that. But it says in Proverbs that better to be patient than powerful. It's real, that's a really good word. Better to be patient than powerful. Because when we act out of emotion, that is not a good model for our kids. It's so not powerful. That's powerless. Because they don't see the goodness of God. They don't see the hand of God. They don't see the power of God. But it's better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Right? Isn't that good news? 
It's better for me to rest and have self-control, the fruits of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to operate from that place. Do you want to operate from that place? Amen. So that's not even part of my sermon. I just wanted to throw those up there because the Lord told me to do it, and I thought it would be a funny laugh. But uh, So mothering can be challenging, and sometimes we lose the joy of mothering. I think that we focus on what's happening and what's going on because we're busy than what's going on right in front of us in our eyes. What opportunity we have to grow to be intentional with our kids. Dads, I just want to say your role, this, this message is not just for moms, it's for dads too because we all know that we need the joy of the Lord as our strength. And in seasons where you are the sole provider, that you feel the, the weight of that, that God is wanting you to, to release that weight. I just sense that from the Lord. He just wants to release that weight off you so that you can experience joy in this season of life for your kids. So when you come home, your kids are like, ah, dad, we love you. We want to see you. And you're exhausted. Yeah, that is. It's a lot to come home to. I actually listened to a podcast. I'm going to give you a little a little thing to put in your pocket. I listened to this podcast, and this dad said he came up with this great game where he had five kids, and when he came home, they all wanted to play with him and wrestle, and he had four boys and one girl. And they got, and he said, let's play this game. So what he would do is he pretend like he's asleep, and they would have to go find these stuffed animals all over the house, and they would, each one, take turns and bring a stuffed animal and set it by daddy. And if he wakes up, he has to catch him. You can lay there asleep all night long. It's a great game. So we just want to honor you today as well because I know that you're carrying a lot as a father. And we are so thankful that you take that role for our families. So restore the joy. There's a scripture mainly that I want to speak from. It's in Philippians. So if you have your Bible... Your Bible is a powerful tool for you. I just spoke to somebody this week, and they said, Faith, I just don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. Well, there is a SOAP plan, and you can just read one chapter a day. And you don't even need to have that plan. You can just start in a book, and you begin to read one chapter a day, and it will be powerful for you. So this is your sword. It will help you the pathway of life. So we're going to start in Philippians 4, verse 4. It says, don't. I'm sorry, yes. Be cheerful. I'm sorry, I'm going to start actually in verse, yeah, verse four. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are not united with the Holy One. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So I look at the first part of this verse and I see what we do. It says, be cheerful, let joy overflow, let gentleness be seen. And when I read that, I said, okay, how do I do that? Because we all want action steps, right? Like, how can I let your joy be seen? How can I be gentle? And it, um, it goes on to say how we do that. 
The first one, if you're taking notes, don't be pulled in different directions. I struggle with this because the world is, your kid needs to be on the soccer team, baseball team, gymnastics. They need to have straight A's. They need to be doing all these things. And as a mom, I'm homeschooling my kids. It looks really odd to most people. So I'm definitely one of the outcasts, I would say. But now homeschooling is becoming really popular because we see what's going on in our school system. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing with your kids, it's important that we don't get pulled in so many directions that we get burnt out. Because what happens in that place is we get tired, we get weary, and then we operate from frustration, anger, resentment, bitterness. We're heavy and we're not casting our care on the Lord because we're so wrapped up in what we're doing. So I would urge you to say, maybe reevaluate your life. What's something that you can take out? Like this week, my husband and I, we had something every night going on. And I could sense, my kids were like, we're going to another babysitter. We had babysitter two nights. And then we had a marriage thing that we really wanted to go to on Saturday morning. And Friday night, I just looked at my husband and I said, I think we should just have a family day tomorrow. And you could see like rest come upon my husband. (laughs) And I felt so good. And then we surprised our kids and we just went downtown to the park. We got a coffee. Our love tanks were filled. They got to play at the park. We played with them. It was such intentional time pouring into them. Mommy, come up. Go down the slide with me. Yes. And they were so excited to have that time with us. So whatever it looks like in the season of life that you're in, not everybody can do that. But if you need to, take five minutes and snuggle up. The closer you can get them, the more bonding is going to happen. So if it's in the morning, sometimes I just want my quiet time alone with the Lord, but I've learned that that is just not applicable in most seasons of life with a toddler who gets up at 6 a.m. But what I've noticed is that what we teach, what is taught is what is caught. And when I have been modeling having my quiet time with her and being a quiet time with the Lord and being intentional, even though she's awake and she's around me, she has begun to get her Bibles and her books and she's begun to read quietly. And it's become the rhythm of our morning. And I'm so thankful. And I heard this mama say this one time, if I'm here alone, but they're never seeing me have quiet time. How, how, how am I going to teach that if I don't model that? So being intentional, you do not have to be a super mom. That list that you've created with 50 million things to do, let's start with three, right? If you're a list taker and you're like a task-oriented person, the hardest thing you're going to have to do is minimize that list. But I'm telling you, you're going to start to feel pressure off your shoulders because you're being intentional with just some small things. And even the Bible says when you're faithful in the small things, he makes you ruler over the much. So just take the time to be intentional. Then it goes on to say, so it says, let joy overflow for united with the Holy One. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Oh, worry. It's such a hard thing not to do, isn't it? But the opposite of worry is trust. And sometimes we can let our circumstances, things going on, steal the joy. Like fear, steal the joy. Automatically, something, I'm, something happened like last year. Uh, 
I saw a black truck and, and it had an accident behind our fence and it looked exactly like Steve's truck and I couldn't get a hold of him and I kept calling him, I kept calling him. I began to cry and I just began to cry out to the Lord and Olivia was there and she began to get upset and fear attacked me in that moment and lost everything that I was doing, all my joy, it stole all of it and they had him on a gurney and they were taking him to the hospital and I automatically went there. The enemy wants you to automatically take fear. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to capture your heart. He wants you to worry, worry, worry. And it is not worth it. It is not. It wasn't even Steve. He called me five minutes later. He was on the phone with somebody. I automatically went there, though. We cannot automatically let the enemy get a hold of our thought pattern. Just like Maddie said, it's a constant renewing of the mind, a renewing, a renewing, a renewing. As you get it on your mouth, you begin to speak it. It becomes life. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. Amen? Number three, it goes on to say, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day. And the Bible says, you know, you let your requests be made known unto me. So whatever that looks like, you know, you just spending time with the Lord. Just recently, um, my 10-year-old is really hungry for the things of God. And so at nighttime, we take one minute because four-year-old can only last probably 30 seconds. But I push it to one limit. And we begin to pray. And then we have a quiet time where we're still with the Lord. And what is the Lord showing you? And it begins this conversation of talking to God and listening to God. Talking to God and listening to God. And yes, we let a request be made known to him. But remember to listen in those moments because we need that as mamas. I need to hear from you, Lord. I need to let my requests known to you, even though he already knows them. And then you respond back by just listening to him. He is wanting to take care of the concerns that you have. He's wanting to fill you with wisdom. He's wanting to give you insight. It says hidden treasure in revelation knowledge, hidden treasure for you that no one else could give you. We could read all these books, right? When you were a new mom, did you read all those books? No, nobody? I did. I read a ton of books. I, I asked every mom, is it on the back? Do they sleep on the back? Do they sleep on the front? Do they sleep on the side? How many ounces do they have? What do I need to do? I've never been a mom before. I didn't know. Should my kid go to this college? Should my kid not go to this college? What should I allow my 10-year-old to have a cell phone? I don't know. Those are awesome questions to ask him. Because he has all the answers. So whatever it looks like for you, take 5, 10 minutes. And then each month, you graduate on to do 20 minutes. And, you can, and you're going to see God move in your life, and you're going to be hungry to do more time with him. You really are. It's a hunger and thirst for righteousness, and he's going to begin to stir that up in you. And you're going to even wonder, like, why is this that I have this? It's because as you go deeper, you get more revelation, and then you're like, why didn't I do this ever before? This is so much easier than me trying to figure out everything, right? Have you ever experienced that before? I have. I needed an answer, and I worked so hard for three weeks. I'm just a task person, and I'm learning how to be a rest person. But I tried to figure something out for three weeks, and then I just took five minutes with the Lord, and he just like, this is what I want you to do. It was so exhausting to work so hard and striving. I think we as moms like to strive a lot, and then when we sit back 
and lean back in his loving arms like that song was saying. Like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? Don't get caught up in doing. Number four, have overflowing gratitude. And what we love to do in our house and what we teach our couples to do with each other is we say, I love you because you took the trash out, babe. You look so sexy taking that trash out. You don't have to do that part, but I'm just elaborating. Like, I love you because you take care of our kids. I love you because you have coffee date with our daughter, and she loves it, and she adores you, and you listen to her. I love you, Joy, because you are always bringing me joy by building me up and encouraging me. I tell that to my girl all the time. I said, babe, you're my gift. And she said, mommy, you're my gift. I got that out of that scripture that children are are God's love gift. So whatever we're telling our kids, I love you because that's a great intentional moment for you to have overflowing gratitude with your kids. I love you because not what they've done because you've got good grades. Don't do that because that's just an achieve thing. I love you because you are kind to your friends. I saw you ask the casa over for dinner, even though I was like two hours in, I'm like, let's have dinner together. But she, my girl, 10 year old, casa came over. She was there for two hours. And I was like, okay, let's have dinner. She said, would you like to have dinner with us? I was thinking, oh, I love you, Janiah, because you're so kind, and you think about everybody else but yourself in that moment. Like, think about the gratitude that builds up in their heart. When they're built up, man, then they learn the model. What's taught is caught, and they begin to say, Mom, I love you because you cook me eggs every morning the way I like them. Wouldn't that be great? And then it makes you feel like, wow, I'm valued. I'm appreciated. I'm going to continue mothering really well. I'm going to go out of the gate today. I'm going to run out the gate today because I'm appreciated and I'm valued. And husbands, if you see your wife struggling, go up and kiss her and say, I love you because you're giving all that you have to our kids. And I see that. So whatever it looks like for your family, I just encourage you to show gratitude. And number five, tell him every detail. It goes on to say, tell him every detail of your life. So whatever it is that you have need of, He already knows it. Let your request be made known to him. And then what happens? It says God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make answers known to you through Jesus Christ. That's your promise. That if you do these things, his peace is going to come in. And I'm going to close here in just a second. I have two more scriptures. Sometimes, though, we just don't know what to do. So we could do all these things, but then situations arise, and we don't know how to handle them. I don't know how to respond. You know, there are situations at school. I had to go in and meet with a principal. I didn't know how to respond. And I was asking the Lord, like, what do I do in these situations? What do I do when I don't know the answers? And he said, Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 10, it says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will remember what it means to fear the Lord, and then you will gain knowledge of God, for the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. I love this part. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Because sometimes it's just common sense, right? 
He guards, he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. Parents, if you give your word, remain doing what you said. If you shortchange the operator and get angry with them and get frustrated with them, your kids are going to see that and they're going to do what you do. They model, we model what we want them to model. And they're going to model what they see us model. So make sure that what you're doing is integrous. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. And this is the part. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. He will fill you with joy. Because when we know what to do, there's a confidence about that, that we can step into that and we can operate from a place of joy, knowing that I got my answer from the Lord, so I'm going to be obedient to do this, and then joy cometh. And sometimes joy doesn't cometh because you've been mourning. There's been stuff going on. It's been a lot. But it goes on to say, actually, um, In the Bible, it says, weeping lasts through the night, but joy cometh in the morning. And some of you have come in here heavy. Maybe you even were weeping last night. And you said, I don't, I need joy. I need it to be restored. And I think sometimes our past kind of haunts us sometimes. Like, we weren't good when they were young. So they're in middle school and high school, and they're making bad choices. And it's my fault. You feel guilty, and then shame comes on you, and you, you put on shame, and you operate from shame, and that's not what the Lord wants. He says the past is in the past, and we can look at the past and not live in the past, but we can look at the past and move forward in the future knowing that I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to operate from anger. I'm not going to operate from this place, but I'm going to push forward to the mark of the upper call in Christ Jesus. I'm going to do what God's asking me to do. Even though I don't know what to do, I'm going to gain wisdom and understanding, and I'm going to come from a place of joy. Amen? Yeah, and so this is the scripture that I read that I've never read this before like this, and I thought this was so good. It says in Proverbs 31, 25, bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. And I would also want to include the former days, that she will laugh with joy over what's to come and also what already happened because when she laughs at that, like, huh, I'm not the best mom. That's really great news. I don't have to be the best mom when you begin to laugh. Sometimes Olivia is so angry and I said, where's your joy at? Let's find your joy. Some, one time she said, mommy, where's your joy? I said, you're right, I lost my joy. And we just begin to laugh. And sometimes you just get to laughing, and then you think, wow, that was so silly for me to be so upset about. So I really believe that when we can laugh with joy over the latter days and over the former days, that we will operate from a place of bold power and glorious majesty that he is wrapping around us. So whatever it is that you've walked in here with, the shame, the guilt, the frustration as a mother, I just want to encourage you today to reach down in 
and begin to ask the Lord to bring back that joy, to restore that joy, and to get a hold of what Philippians 4 says and begin to apply it to your life by cutting out the old, cutting out the things that are destroying your family, really, that are taking and eating up too much time. Start to begin to build gratitude in your family and say, I love you because, or man, can we have some intentional alone time? I listened to a podcast that Pastor Mike sent me, and it was this man who had four kids, and he took them on a date night each night, and then his wife on another night. We all don't have time for that. I understand that. But whatever it is in a season of life, you take your four-year-old girl, and you have a coffee with her, and get her a vanilla bean scone at Starbucks. Or if you take her to the park, or him to the park, and you just play with them for a few minutes, it's so simple, but we overcomplicate it by, let's go bowling, and then it's $70 down the tube, and it's like, everybody's frustrated, the ball got in the gutter, everybody's like trying to get their shoes on, and it's exhausting for families. Make sure that you do what is in your limits to do with your family, and that's okay. And maybe it's getting a tent and putting it in your living room and having a pretend fire and a camp, and you all get in there and you snuggle up and you order takeout or you cook a little picnic and do peanut butter and jelly, whatever it is, but you get them and you say, let's tell stories. What is it like living under the stars? Look at all the beautiful things that God made. What do you see? And begin to imagine. And take them places they've never been with you as you have intentional time with them. Amen? So if you'll stand to your feet for me this morning, thank you so much for just all that you do, moms. We do not overlook you today. We see you. We see where you are. And if you just want prayer as a mama, would our prayer team come on down? Daniel, if you could play on the keys for just a second. I know we're a little bit later today, but I just, I do, like, if that message stuck out to you and you are overwhelmed and you are at that place of frustration, maybe your marriage is on the rocks and you just need prayer. If your marriage is on the rocks, see me. My husband and I do Prepare and Enrich, and uh, we love to enrich relationships and marriages, and we are not therapists but we love people and we love the Lord and we trust the Holy Spirit. So if your marriage is on the rocks or you're frustrated in marriage and you need somebody to pray for you today, our altars are open. If you will, just close your eyes for just a second. You've been guilty and you've put shame on you. And the shame has just been rocky for you. You've been on a roller coaster up and down. I just see this roller coaster. The Lord just showed me this picture of this roller coaster. And one day you'll be joy and one day you'll be shame. One day you'll be joy and one day you'll be shame. And the Lord just wants to set you free. He does. He's just like, you don't need to carry that. That's not yours to carry. It's not who you are. Let me say that again. It's not who you are. What you did is not who you are anymore. You are a new creation in the Lord. He has restored you. He wants to renew you. He wants to renew your mind so that you believe in your heart that you don't have to carry the guilt and the shame. If that's you, come down for a prayer and just get set free. And maybe you're that mom that just doesn't think you're good enough. You need some freedom in that area. You don't have to be the best. It says in John 14, 26 through 28, but the comforter, the Holy Spirit, he's our counselor, helper, intercessor, standby, advocate, strengthener, 
And here's what the Lord showed me. He said, so many of my women are running the race and I'm just standing by. He said, I need you to tag me in. Don't forget the Holy Spirit, the knower and the shower. He's alive on the inside of you. He is wanting you to direct your steps. Your steps are ordered by him. He wants you to stand by and let, tag him in, in those moments that you feel like you can't do it anymore. He, it's what he's there for. He's the comforter. He's the strengthener. So Lord, I just pray over every woman as a mama, every person who's mothering in this season. I pray over our fathers, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead and you guide and you direct their steps. I thank you, Lord, that you restore joy, that joy cometh in the morning, that the joy of the Lord is their strength, God. And I thank you, Father, they begin to laugh again. They laugh at the devil who's tried to take place. We just say, go devil in Jesus' name. You have no place or no authority over our families, over our children, over our parents, over our, everybody in our family, God, we just say there's freedom right now coming and restoring the joy. Restore the joy. Say that with me. Say, Lord, restore my joy. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad you came to worship with us today and uh, enjoy your Mother's Day, ladies, and um, have an amazing day. The prayer team is still here if you need prayer. And remember that our second week of the journey is this week. We hope to see you guys there. Have a great day.